Welcome, everyone. We're here today with Natasha Harvey from Girls Action Foundation. Natasha Harvey is the operations manager. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Literacy Goodbye podcast. How are you today? I'm good, thanks. And we're also joined by Chris, our co-host. So can you tell us about your role at Girls Action Foundation? How long have you worked there and what brought you there to do that work? So as you mentioned, I'm the operations manager at Girls Action, which essentially means that I do a lot of the background administrative and governance work, uh, a lot of more of the the managing side of things in terms of running human resources and our day-to-day operations. And I came to Girls Action, I actually started it in 2016 as a fundraising coordinator and was actually a member of Girls Action for several years before that. I initially attended uh, a program of ours, a training program back in 2012, which is how I came to know Girls Action and then joined the national network and sat on a working group for rural and northern girls for for a couple of years. So that's how I became involved initially and then eventually joined the team back in 2016. Um, Excellent. Thanks, Natasha. And can you share with us what the, the Girls Action mission is and tell us a bit about the history of your organization as well? Yeah, so Girls Action's mission is to advance the empowerment and leadership and healthy development of girls through increasing access to resources and opportunities. And this began as a class project of three students that were studying at the University of Ottawa in 1995. And for their project, they decided to develop a summer camp for girls that was called Power Camp National. And they began uh, through this summer camp, they began exchanging with other groups and individuals who were working with girls and came to the real realization that there was a real lack in terms of uh, resources, services, and funding for girls programs. So they moved the organization to Montreal, changed the name to Girls Action Foundation, and established it as a national network and movement to reinforce and strengthen the capacities of girls programs across Quebec, across the country. You mentioned there's a lack of resources that was recognized. Why do you think there was that lack? And why is it important that your organization continue to serve and represent girls and women? So the lack has to do a lot with a lack of funding and resources for gender-specific programming. So there isn't, there might be youth programming, but that doesn't necessarily recognize the differences and challenges that girls face, as well as any other gendered minorities. So what we do, and and the reason behind why we promote gender-specific programming is because we recognize that both girls and other female-identifying trans and non-binary youth will face specific challenges growing up. And that isn't to say that boys don't have any problems, but that the barriers that they face are different. And that's why we believe it's really important to consider gender as well as other intersecting factors when you're working with youth. And so our 25 years of experience have really shown us that gender-specific spaces and programming are a clearly important and effective means of addressing issues that will disproportionately impact girls and young women. And in particular, we have found that these programs are beneficial because they provide safe spaces where girls can express themselves freely, learn new skills, and take action on issues that are important and real to them. These programs are useful because they help to increase girls' self-esteem and build their confidence, as well as develop their critical thinking and leadership skills. And they foster a sense of belonging and connection to their peers. So these are why we really feel that these programs are are significant and that they have a, a strong impact on girls' development 
and in supporting them to become stronger advocates for themselves and for their communities. It's just sensational to hear those those principles. It's so important that you're instilling in young women. It's uh, it's just amazing to hear the work that you're doing, uh, Natasha. That's excellent. In your opinion, can you share with us and the listeners what is feminism and who does it include and who is it for? So feminism can have a lot of meaning and it'll mean different things to different people, and uh, which is one of the reasons why you'll often hear people refer to feminisms in the plural. Personally, I adhere to Bell Hook's definition of feminism from her book, Feminism is for Everybody, and she describes it as a movement to end sexism and sexist exploitation patriarchy and oppression. So from that perspective, it really focuses on systems of of power as opposed to individuals and how these systems impact on people of all genders. The other reason that I like this definition is that because it makes it not just about quote unquote women's issues, but it also, for example, includes addressing issues of toxic masculinity, discrimination and persecution against the LGBTQ plus community. And it also broadens the conversation to include other forms of discrimination, such as racism, classism, ableism, and many other intersecting systems of oppression. Mm, that's sensational. So feminism is for everybody. And, uh, and can you just repeat the, the author and the, the, the woman there and the book again, please? So her, her pen name is Bell Hooks, and the book is called Feminism is for Everybody. It's a, one of the best books that I can recommend for anyone who wants to understand the feminist movement. It's very like written in a very simple, accessible language and does make it. It's a very easy read and just, yeah, makes, uh, brings us understanding that is accessible to anyone. We want to know about International Women's Day and we want to recognize that it's, it's just one day, but uh, we should think about these, these issues all year round. But maybe you can give us some insight to what is International Women's Day. And why is it still important in 2020? I think you've mentioned some of the topics already. So International Women's Day is both an opportunity to celebrate the achievements of women and other gendered minorities, but also to increase visibility by drawing attention to some of the issues that girls and women face, as well as to call, it's a call to action to address some of those issues. So for anyone who says, oh, we don't need feminism today, or, you know, uh, women are equal already. I think it's uh, important to recognize that there are still a lot of barriers that women and girls and non-binary individuals face, um, both in the workplace, in public spaces, as well as in their personal lives. So it can range from anything from equal work for uh, equal pay for equal work to, uh, you know, seeing better representation of women and gender minorities in non-traditional fields and roles. I think it's also important to talk about questions of, of violence against women and violence against uh, sexual minorities. So things like in the wake of the Me Too movement, we've noticed, for example, in Canada, that there has been significant re- uh, increase in sexual assault complaints. Now, that doesn't mean that there's necessarily an increase in sexual assaults, just that more people are reporting it since the Me Too movement. This increase has been highest in Quebec, and the majority of the complaints, over 60 percent of them are victims that were under 18 years old at the time of the assault. So we're 
we're talking a lot about young people that are experiencing rates of sexual violence that are very, very high. And this is even higher for any individuals that are LGBTQ+, Indigenous women, as well as living with disabilities who will experience three to four times the, the rates of violence than the national average. So those are in, in themselves like really good examples of why we still need to talk about feminism, why we still need to talk about women's rights and sexual minority rights and gender minority rights and why it's still important to, to talk about feminism. It's so true because, uh, guys, I'm just going to say that uh, my, my mother, you know, right, growing up, was my hero, right? You know, like, you know, she was such a, a she is such an important part in my life as a man. And, and you know, to, to, to still, like you just said there, Natasha, it's so important to talk, continue to keep talking about this and raising these these things because because someone like, like myself who had a, a great upbringing with, with someone who I saw day in, day out, you know, taught me how to, how to treat a woman and how to to uh, just work together in in life it's just was a great example of that but but um, so I miss the, the fact that there's all these issues that that go on um, because I never experienced them myself as a, as a man if that makes sense and so it's it's mm-hmm. so important what, what you're saying it's um yeah it's uh, it's just really really uh, such an important issue to keep keep mm-hmm. on keeping on, you know, keep on talking about. And and it is important to again, like I'll repeat that this doesn't mean that boys and men don't face uh, oh, challenges sure. or barriers either, or that they don't experience uh, sexual violence or other forms of violence. But that those how how it occurs and how it impacts them is quite different. So we still need to use that gender analysis, particularly in trying to find solutions or in terms of whenever you're uh, designing uh, prevention programs or or intervention programs. And it's really important to consider gender as a factor in that analysis because how we respond is going to be different because the, the causes and the, the impacts are not the same. No, thank, thanks again for sharing, Natasha. So we heard that you were asking for submissions for a Zion in time for the day. Can you explain to us what a Zion is? Maybe it's also called a Zion. <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. I, I, I'll tell you what, my pronunciation is so terrible. <laughs> no, no. Zion. Can, can you explain to us what yeah. Zion means for, for a day? Yeah, absolutely. So zines are handmade, homemade publications that use like collage, cutting, pasting, drawing, writing to explore and kind of uh, express yourself on a specific topic. So it can be really whatever you kind of want it to be. It's it's really just a, a method of expression and creativity that we promote a lot in, in our girls programs. Over the years, Girls Action has created probably dozens of zines. And when I say Girls Action, it's not us that does the creation. The work is all coming from girls and young women themselves who submit their pieces and we kind of collage them all together to create a little booklet with their their contributions. Wow. Excellent. And, and how, how can people get a copy? Can they make their own? How does, how does that work? It's going to be available on our website. It's at girlsactionfoundation.ca slash hear us roar. And occasionally we will print out the zines depending on our funding that, uh, that is available. But normally we like to at least have printed copies to send to the people who, can, who contributed. So anyone who contributes a piece will, will likely receive a printed zine. What are some examples of the submissions that you have gotten in the past or that you're getting this year that maybe you've, you've already seen? 
seeing? We get a wide variety of submissions. It can be anything from paintings to recipes. Sometimes it'll be someone who will write a short story. Other times it'll be a poem. We really recognize, encourage people to go with a like a very broad definition of art and creativity. So how in however way they wish to express themselves, then they can, and even if it's not in a digital format, then they can take a picture of it and send it to us. So it's, it's very, very broad. <laughs> um, and it, it, although like it is geared a lot towards uh, younger women and girls, we also invite any um, kind of older mentors and artists who want to contribute to send in something where they, they can offer advice or support or encouragement to younger, aspiring young women and artists. Wow, I can't wait to see the, the final product. Yeah. Zines are really mm-hmm. a great way of people putting out their zines. It's like a magazine. So right. it's an easy way for people to put out their art or poetry, as you're saying, or recipes or stories. So we encourage people at home listening to also make their own if they, yeah. if they feel really strongly and they have something to say and they, everyone has something to say. So. It's easy to mm-hmm. put it together and share and get other people involved. Yeah, it's a very creative way of just uh, expressing yourself and, and sharing what it is that you you want to put out into the world. Mm-hmm. What are some of the other programs that Girls Action uh, offers, the services? You said you're, you're across Canada, so you must have a lot that goes on. Yeah. So uh, a lot of our programs are focused around leadership training opportunities uh, for young women. All of our programs are uh, based on the principles of popular education. So the idea is that we are providing a space and tools and encouragement and mentorship, but that the girls and young women themselves are really in charge of their own learning and their own pathways. So and the, the, the other big idea behind that as well is that any kind of training program should also translate into action. So what we want to see is that any participants who come to our programs or to our events, that when they go home, they take those skills and that knowledge and that learning back to their communities and they use it to implement whatever actions that they want to take to lead positive change in their community. Oh, that's quite powerful so, to get people going. <laughs> to, yeah. to not just be a passive participant in a, in a workshop, they, they bring it back home with them. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, and I mean, that's what leadership is, right? So it's, it's taking the the ideas and resources and creativity that are already innately there. And all we're doing is we're just kind of facilitating that process of helping it come to, to a realization, right? So yeah, our programs are really around just that support and empowerment of girls and young women to take leadership and action in their own communities. But we also do offer other events as well, like we uh, typically will hold annual career day events that introduce particularly high school students to new career options and opportunities. And we also do a lot of project-based activities as well. So currently we're working on uh, themes of sexual violence prevention in schools, as well as teen healthy relationship. Wow, amazing. And where can people, you know, you mentioned your website and you you attend events like you at the high school, et cetera. Is that where people learn more about you and your projects? You're, you're out in the community trying to, you know, connect with as many 
different people to to hear about your services as possible. How do people learn more about you? Honestly, since we are a national organization, a lot of our engagement is done online. So we are uh, we have a very large following on on social media. A lot of people find out about us through our website as well, and we encourage people, yeah, to to follow us either on on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, and to sign up for our, our newsletter as well to get more information about whatever upcoming events or programs are are happening. Mm-hmm. Are there local chapters or? Are you you're talking that you're a national organization that comes into communities when there's an event or a program that you're going to be offering? Yeah, so that is one of the big challenges that we have is we're a national organization, but we are based in Montreal. So definitely like that's one of the reasons why a lot of our, our engagement is done online. Uh, when we can, uh, we try to travel and hold regional events in the various provinces and territories as well. And we also uh, will occasionally will have national events when we have the funding to, then we try and gather as many people as we can into one space so that they can exchange and explore together. Um, but otherwise, then uh, a lot of the, the programming that we do is also online so that it can be accessible to, to people from, from all over. As we come to the uh, close of our conversation, are there any final thoughts you want to leave us with? Anything that you think that we should be talking about uh, more? Well, I just want to mention that uh, Girls Action is celebrating our 25th year of advancing the empowerment and leadership. Yeah, so we're into 25 years now. So that we will be at the end of June hosting the event style Sanka set uh, to mark the occasion. So you'll keep your eyes open. We'll have details coming out soon about that. And we also would like to encourage people that if you love and support our work to please consider volunteering or making a donation. Girls Action doesn't have any core funding. So individual donations go a really long ways to helping us maintain our autonomy and our capacity to respond to emerging needs and ideas and and issues. So uh, donations can be made online through our website or our Canada Helps page. And you can also come by in person and drop off your donation at our offices in Back Extension. Wow. Great. Fantastic. Thank you Thanks. so much yeah, for joining us today. Much. We really <laughs> learned a lot and we look forward to the zine coming out. We look forward to the Seca set to celebrate your 25th year and we encourage people to check out your page and donate and help out. Thank you for everything you do. Yeah. Thank Keep you. Up the great work, Natasha. You guys are awesome. Thank you.